Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Back here on Fantasy Football Frenzy, hour number two on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Kevin Walsh alongside George Kurtz going through some of these AFC North teams. Uh, Just went through the Steelers, getting the tight end position. A little bit of love, talking about the Ravens. Now I want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and the Bengals had, I think, somewhat of a surprising offseason in the fact that they brought back Marvin Lewis. Uh, there was some chatter, maybe would they look at quarterback, but it, uh, it, it became pretty que- uh, clear quickly that they were going to see how competitive they could be. For this season, they traded back uh, with the Bills. They added Cordy Glenn. They then eventually, uh, in the first round, drafted Billy Price. That offensive line was horrendous last season. Uh, it led to Andy Dalton probably having the worst season uh, of his career. Joe Mixon, who everybody was super high on, uh, never could get things going. Averaged 3.5 yards per carry, which was really, really difficult. Uh, even A.J. Green was a little bit down. Was still okay because he's A.J. Green, 1,000 yards, 8 touchdowns, 75 catches. Uh, we didn't see much of all of Tyler Eifert. He racked up four catches for 46 yards on the season, so the injury bug still hurt him. It was a really, really bad year for the Bengals, George. But one thing I said earlier today, and I'll say it to you, and I'll see your reaction. I think I can make the case that Andy Dalton is the second-best quarterback in this division. I'm not sure I want to make it. Um, But with that being said, could it lead for some optimism for this Bengals offense? Well, it's kind of sad that I really can't fight you on that too much. I mean, you said make the case. Not that it, not that he was. I mean, you're trying to beat out Joe Flacco and Tyrod Taylor, so oh, the bar's low. Yeah, you know, you're not uh, doing anything magical here. It's not like there's any Aaron Rodgers in this division, Tom Brady's, Drew Brees. Uh, like I said, I think uh, you know Dalton. We know what he is at this point. He, uh, if not for AJ Green, I, I'm not sure he'd be an NFL quarterback. AJ Green is an extremely wide wingspan. He's caught some passes from Dalton. I really haven't been all that close. I'm surprised Lewis is still there as far as coaching. You know, I, I think this team's just running in place. It's just, it's just running in place. Mm-hmm. I mean, who who is a threat there, really, outside of A.J. Green? Who are you worried about? I mean, really, who are you worried about? I mean, you know, Gio Bernard, Bernard, nice player. Joe Mixon, all right, could be a nice player. I don't know when see superstar status coming out of him. Yes, they did help the offensive line, which should help the overall offense. Uh, they let Brandon LaFell go. LaFell asked for his release this week. Got it, which is somewhat of a surprise. Right. You generally don't see players just granted, yeah, yeah, I got go play with somebody else. That was, uh, like I said, surprising. Didn't see that coming. So who's going to emerge now as far as the receiver after A.J. Green? To take some pressure off. I mean, are we automatically assuming John Ross, who's had a great, having, having a good uh, a good summer. Maybe, he, maybe he's that guy, Tyler Boyd, still waiting for him. I mean, I just don't see much explosive this year. You know, Eifert it seems to be a security blanket for Andy Dalton, but what happens when he gets hurt? 
You know, we know he's going to get hurt. He's had, I don't know, what, four or five surgeries now the past couple of years, back surgery, which is never good. You know, backs, it seems like once you have one surgery, they, they just aren't going to last. It's just, uh, especially in football, it's just too hard to sport. No matter how much safer they're trying to make the game, it's hard to see that happening here. So although I can't really argue with you or mm-hmm. be come up with a good debate about why Andy Dalton's not the second-best quarterback here, I think that says more about the lack of quarterback talent in this yeah. division than it does about Andy Dalton. And likely, you know, maybe it gives them more um, of a boost in what you would perhaps project them win loss wise. But fantasy, he could be the second best. He could be the, I mean, Jameis Winston's probably the fourth best quarterback in his division. That he's still better than Andy Dalton, right? So uh, for fantasy, I don't know how much of a difference it makes. AJ Green right now, PPR, eighth wide receiver off the board. Seven in front of him AB, Hopkins, Odell, Julio, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams. Any of those seven, would you move A.J. Green in front of? All right. Um, no, I didn't write down all the names here. So let's, let's go through your names again. Well, there, there's some that I, I probably am. Antonio you're not, you're not Hopkins. Moving ahead. Right. You're not moving Odell, Brown, Julio. Beckham. Right. Right. Uh, Julio, no. So those three are definitely uh, ahead of I think everybody would have that. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, I, I remember the Devontae Adams. No, yeah. uh, I'm I, I'm high on Adams. I am. You know, I want. I, I am so disappointed right now, Kevin, that I don't have any shares of Adams. You know, I have two home leagues coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think those are my next two drafts. I will have Adams in at least one of those damn leagues, or else I will be very upset. <laughs> I I agree. I I had a. I made some. I don't even. I have to go back and listen to the tape. I made some type of dollar bet with Mike that uh, Adams was going to finish. I think. I think it was top five in targets. Um, for next season. Uh, and, the, I mean, the other two guys in front of him are, are Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen. I think both of those make sense. The next three guys, or let's let's round out uh, wide receiver one. The, three, the four guys that are behind A.J. Green are Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen, and T.Y. Hilton. Would you move A.J. Green behind any of those four guys? Not Evans, not without Winston. Uh, he's gone for four games, right? So uh, three games. Uh, I'm not going to trust Ryan Fitzpatrick there. Evans drops a lot of passes there. I'll still take Green ahead of him. I'll definitely take Green ahead of Tyreek Hill. Uh, everyone assumes Patrick Mahomes is going to be, and he's struggling right now, by the way, that Patrick Mahomes is going to be uh, so much better than Alex Smith. I think that's unfair uh, to Alex Smith. Though. I think it's unfair. We've seen him for one NFL game, one NFL start, and a start that meant nothing. That also we think mm-hmm. he's going to be the, the second coming here? No. I'll pass on Tyreek Hill. Adam Thielen, no, I'll still take Green ahead of him as well. Thielen's more of a pass catcher. I want some touchdowns there, and Green will be that guy. T.Y. Hilton is the one guy who's going to climb up draft boards because the more we see Andrew Luck healthy, the more we're going to like T.Y. Hilton. That being said, I'm still taking uh, A.J. Green ahead of him, and I like T.Y. Hilton, another guy who uh, seems to, because I believe in Andrew Luck's health, I'm, uh, get, I've been getting Hilton in early drafts all over the place. Uh, it seems like I love Hilton. I love Darius Geis because they're on all my teams, and I already said Evan Ingram as well. Uh, you mentioned Thomas and Allen earlier that they're going ahead mm-hmm. of Green. That's interesting mm. because New Orleans doesn't pass the ball as much anymore, right? A good, good running uh, game. They see the guy realize what the formula is to winning, or at least long-term success. Run the ball, play good defense. And that defense now is, it's not the Minnesota Vikings or the Los Angeles Rams, but it's good defense. All right, so they don't need to have Brees throw the ball 40, 45 times. That being said, I'm, I'm just really playing a devil's advocate here. Yeah. I'll still take uh, Thomas ahead of him. Not so sure I would take Keenan Allen ahead of him. Okay. Different kind of offense there. 
You know, I think Cincinnati is going to have to throw the ball. That's the problem. They're going to have to throw because I don't trust the running game. And that leads to more, uh, more opportunities for A.J. Green. I would probably definitely say Green over Allen if Hunter Henry was still there because that could take some targets away. Now the tight end's gone. I do think Gates signs there eventually, but he's not there yet. So Allen's going to be the main focal point of that offense. I know Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams. I'm close there. I am really close there. Come draft time, I think I would take – if I was in six leagues, I'd probably go three and three. Mm. But I think uh, as far as the first league, I would take Green first. Yeah, I think one of the things, you know, for A.J. Green, right, like those guys behind him, I think he's a cut above in terms of talent, Evans Hill, Elon Hilton, so that it's kind of easy there. The guys in front of him, those three immediate guys, Adams, Allen, and Thomas, you can make the argument he is maybe even a tier above those guys, above in, in terms of talent. But the quarterback situation, we're talking about Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, and Aaron Rodgers compared to Andy Dalton. And that's where I think you see A.J. Green take a bit of a hit. And I think that's also why you have to scroll very far down the ADP list to find any other wide receivers uh, that are going in Cincinnati. Uh, And John Ross right now, though, is going 78th wide receiver off the board, 223rd player. So not really being drafted uh, in a ton of leagues uh, is John Ross. He didn't play last year. I think he made an appearance in two or three games. He had no catches. I think he had two targets on the season. I do think, though, that they are going to want to get him involved. And I think that he very well could be the second most involved wide receiver because they're going to use him on end arounds. Uh, and I think that his big playability is still there. That speed is there. He almost won an island. He was just wearing the wrong cleats. So how are you feeling with... With John Ross, I know it's it's, it's very late, so um, it's kind of easy to, to justify it, but do you think that you can see John Ross maybe popping uh, and having a, a nice season? Well, that's the key there. It's late. So you're not losing much, even if you're wrong. You know, when I mentioned that I like to take dartboard throws late in my draft, second receivers are easy choices. Someone has to catch the ball there other than A.J. Green. All right, Eifert, I don't think, lasts the season. Gio Bernard, sure, but someone has to, because let's face it, whoever the second receiver is, is going to be facing the second cornerback. No defensive attention, no safety over the top. They're an afterthought, because everybody wants to stop A.J. Green. He's the one who's got uh, double coverage, safety over the top, make sure he can't get deep, and all this other stuff. So, yeah, I'll have some interest in John Ross. I will, as long as the value's there late in the draft. He's not, uh, I'm not even saying 14th round. I could probably look at him from 12th round on, just because, once again, I like second uh, wide receiver twos on NFL teams mm-hmm. that are being that are being overlooked, especially on teams that listen. I may not like Dalton, but he's going to throw the football. It's not like this running game is fantastic where they can uh, kill the clock. It's not Ezekiel Elliott what the Cowboys will want to do or what the Giants might want to do with Barkley. It's not that they're going to have to throw the football. So yes, I will have some interest in Ross. And then I mean Boyd, anything there? I'm not really all too interested um, whatsoever in that situation. Yeah, now we're probably looking at deeper than 12 team leagues or bigger than five mm-hmm. roster spots, somewhere around there. You know, uh, I don't see myself having any shares of Boyd. Uh, I, uh, things have to go really wrong for me to go uh, that low. I think he's a waiver wire pickup during the season if it works out, and I don't expect it to. So for the running backs, Mixon and Gio Bernard are both fantasy relevant. Mixon, though, uh, clearly more so than Bernard right now is in PPR, the 14th running back that goes off the board. He played 14 games last year. So 178 carries, 
I mentioned earlier, 3.5 yards per carry is so bad. Uh, he had four touchdowns. He caught 30 of 34 targets, uh, no receiving touchdowns. Mixon is a guy who there, there's talent. There, there certainly is. And the gap last year between him um, and Bernard in terms of carries was 178 for Mixon, 105 for Bernard. There were also 37 Jeremy Hill carries in there that are going to be completely gone now, and I think could eat almost all of them could be turned over to Mixon. So I think that Mixon should be headed for 200-plus carries. Uh, and the targets, I think, should go up as well. 34, you'd like to see that get um, maybe even doubled. What's really big, though, is that 3.5 yards per carry it needs to get into the fours. And the offensive line has improved to where I'd feel better about it. I don't think it's going to be 3.5 again. Uh, but the ADP is high. You're, you're, you're not getting a crazy value on Mixon. We're talking about uh, the 14th running back off the board. That's fringe RB1. So how do you feel about Joe Mixon? That is really surprising to me that he's a value uh, still RB14. <laughs> I mean, it, it just is because didn't have a good la- year last year. The Bengals, not the greatest offensive line on the planet. Actually, it's a below average. I know they've made some improvements, but it's still below average. And he's still going 14th overall. I mean, it just tells you the state of running backs. That people are still looking for the star, the touchdown guy, which is what he is. I don't think people should, should be slipping on Gio Bernard either in PPR leagues. He caught a lot of passes last year. had a very good second half of the season. Uh, Mixon played better in the second half as well. I don't think that's any coincidence that once they got rid of, uh, yeah, they made some moves there. Yeah, they, they, I thought Marvin Lewis made it was some strange decisions where Mick sort of had to earn his place on the team, which I don't, that doesn't necessarily bother me, but it, it seemed like he had to earn it for half the season. <laughs> you know, that, that, I think eventually that's to the detriment of your team. So, listen, if Mixon's going 14th overall in my league, I'm not going to have him. Yeah. You know, uh, even though I, I, I only have him four spots lower, about 18th. He's a mid range to late running back two for me. Because once again, 14th means he's a, a top running back two, which means you're expecting eight to 10 touchdowns over 1,000 yards. And I don't know if we're going to get either one of those. And he, mm-hmm. listen, 1,000 yards in today's NFL, 16 games, you do the math, it's 60 somewhat yards a game. It's not all that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I need more than that, and I uh, I'm just down this offense. I'm interested in Mixon, but not at the current price. I need him to go around later. Yeah, I, I was surprised as well to see that ADP. Do you think then that maybe would push you towards trying to get some shares of Giovanni Bernard currently uh, on Fantasy Pros? Is the 47th running back off the board, 134th player off the board, uh, and he saw, uh, you know, as usual, some work in the passing game. Still had 100 plus carries. Uh, and you're not paying uh, a big price for him whatsoever. Obviously, that's linked to the fact that you got to pay a hefty price for Mixon. So do you think maybe you'll end up with more Giovanni Bernard than Joe Mixon? Uh, probably not. I'll end up with more Gio Bernard-type players Okay. rather than just Gio Bernard. There are a lot of guys like Gio. Uh, you know, Thompson, Terry Cohen, you go on and on. Uh, I would put, normally I would put Coleman in this, but Coleman's going much early because people don't expect Freeman to play 16 games, including me. So Freeman's going to have to go much earlier in drafts. But I'll have uh, Duke Johnson. Guys like that I will have, yes, because uh, they, they're more valuable than you think. Yes, they're not touchdown guys. They're going to catch the ball out of the backfield. But those points add up in PPR leagues. This is only in PPR leagues. Standard, we're, it's a completely different animal here. Uh, so, yes, I'll have more Gio Bernard types than I will Joe, Joe Mixon. And I like, listen, I like Gio Bernard. They're not going to not use him. All right, he's going to be that guy catch the ball out of the backfield. No Jeremy Hill make, means more opportunities. Yeah, I, I don't even really care about him rushing the ball. That's not where his points are going to come from. You want him catching the ball out of the backfield, that's what he does best. 
Yeah, I, I think that you, you make a great point there in terms of the guys around Bernard. Um, where I, though, could be, again, to what you just said there, I'd feel better about a Chris Thompson uh, or a Duke Johnson. And ADPs reflect that. Duke Johnson and Chris Thompson are actually right next to each other, 35th and 36th, uh, and Bernard going at 47th. I just I do think that this, if there ever were a chance where Geo kind of gets a little bit phased out, it would be this year. I do think they want Mixon to be the guy. Uh, the problem with the ADP is that you're not really getting a lot of value in where you're drafting. Not everything has to be value. Um, you know, some guys, sometimes guys can be accurately ranked, but there are a couple of guys behind him, Jordan Howard, uh, Darius Geis, LaShawn McCoy, if I was told everything was going to be okay, I would as well uh, take in front of him, maybe even Derek Henry as well. I will say the one guy in front of him in Jarek McKinnon, I don't know if I would take him over a Joe Mixon. Uh, we come back. Uh, I want to maybe compare some of those guys um, that are going around mixing for George as well and, and talk about the Cleveland Browns. Most, one of the most interesting teams in all of fantasy football. That's next here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you're listening to Fantasy Football Frenzy with Kevin Walsh alongside George Kurtz. And before we talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns, I want to let you know that Fantasy Factor is the only exclusively single-entry DFS site. They have free roles, registering all the time, and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout for the Fantasy Factor's free million-dollar survivor contest opening uh, about a week before NFL kickoff. So you go over to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. And check out all of the good stuff uh, they have going on over there. Actually, George, before we do get over to the Browns, I just wanted to ask you about some of those guys in that Joe Mixon range uh, and how you feel um, with Mixon being in front of them. Uh, The four guys that do jump out to me are Jordan Howard, Sean McCoy, Darius Geis, and Derrick Henry. Uh, and feel free to take a pass on the McCoy situation because I think everybody knows that McCoy would not be uh, at this current ADP if not for off-field question marks. Uh, and I don't know if we really have the answers to those. Uh, so maybe just Howard, Geis, and Henry uh, compared to Joe Mixon. Well, it's hard to compare some McCoy because we're going to get this question over and over again about what would you do. Yeah, uh, I'm avoiding McCoy. 
You know, I'm, I'm avoiding it not only because of the situation. I mean, everybody can think what they want here. I don't know what's going to come of it. Nobody knows what's going to come of it. Uh, for me, it's just it's an awful big coincidence that if the reports are true, that the one thing that was taken was the one thing McCoy wanted back. Uh, you think what you want. Uh, I'm not a big believer in coincidences. So, uh, But who knows what comes out of this. So I'm a conservative drafter. I'm not taking too many chances. Hey, if McCoy falls to round five, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pony up there. You know, and I'll, I'll, get, I'll man up and I'll take him. Uh, but the problem is you take McCoy, no matter where you take him, three, four, five, ten, you got to get Ivory. You know, you right. have to take Chris Ivory now to cover yourself there. So uh, I would still take uh, Mixon above McCoy for that reason. Although I'm close on that. I'm just not a big believer in Mixon this year. Howard, I'm definitely taking in front of Mixon. You know, I like what's going on there in Chicago. I like the fact that they, uh, you know, I keep using the same term. They have a legitimate NFL offense now. They have skilled players at all the positions. You have Trubisky. He's not a quarterback one, but he's he's getting better. Right? You get you add in Allen Robinson. I may have concerns about him, but still, you brought in a legitimate wide receiver. You draft Anthony Miller. Like what's happening there. You bring in uh, Trey Burton. Uh, former Eagles tight end. I like Burton. Gives you a threat at tight end. What I'm trying to say is here, teams can't, just can't put eight guys in the box now. Mm. And say, hey, we stopped the running game, we stopped Chicago. You know, and I think Chicago's also going to play games close to the vest. And what I mean by that is a lot of running, try and win with defense. You know, play close games, fourth quarter, we'll win then. You know, so I'm, I like Jordan Howard for a bounce back season this year. Darius guys, I already said it earlier. Uh, not only do I think he's the key to the Washington Redskins, because yeah, I think he'll make that offense go. I think Alex Smith needs a strong running game. Once again, keep defenses honest. And I think if that works, that'll be great for Washington. But he seems to be the key to my fantasy season. As I, I have him on a lot of teams as my second running back. Mm. He just seems to be there. And I believe, you know, I believe that he's going to have. Uh, not everybody will, but I do. Henry. Uh, so I would, by the way, I would take guys. So I would take. Over Mixon, I would definitely get Geis and Howard over uh, Mixon. McCoy, I'm probably on the fence about. It's going to depend how I feel come draft time. I haven't done it. I don't have either one yet. Henry McCoy. Uh, Henry or or Mixon. That's close because you can almost make the same argument, although Deion Lewis is really a better Gio Bernard. You know, I like Tennessee a lot. Once again, strong defense. Uh, they're, they're obviously going to have the ball a lot. This is not a throwing team. They're going to run the ball. This is probably one where I'm about 50-50. Yet I'm still, I mean, I think I had these guys back-to-back in my rankings. So once again, this could change almost daily. I think right now, I don't know if it's the conversation with you. I'm just, I'm talking myself out of Mixon. <laughs> and I'm leaning towards Henry now. And I just, I just don't trust, I just don't believe or trust the Cincinnati offense. I don't. I'm sorry, I just don't do it. I'll take Henry uh, over him as well. I might take all these guys over Henry. Hmm. Uh, McCoy, with his situation, is the only one that, you know, come draft time, I might go the safer route. Well, the one thing that is nice about Joe Mixon that you cannot say really about the situation in Cleveland is at least we know Mixon is going to be the guy. Like At least if you draft him, uh, you, you can kind of count on the fact that that's his job as long as he is healthy. Uh, as we transition over to Cleveland Browns, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, Nick Chubb, and it's all over the place. Right now on Fantasy Pros, the ADPs have Hyde at 34, Duke at 35, and Chubb at 40. That's a seven-player gap where all three running backs are in. Uh, Mike said earlier today that on an NFFC website, I believe it was, uh, that Chubb is starting to get in front of Carlos Hyde. Uh, This is a situation where I think a lot of people are trying to maybe steer clear, end up with Duke Johnson out of the three. Uh, Let me first pose it this way. If you have to choose between Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb, they're both on the board. you got to pick one. Uh, Which one are you going with? 
Uh, uh, not a situation I want to catch myself in. Uh, I firmly believe that if the draft were held before free agency, Carl's High would not be on this team. They'd go with Chubb and, uh, and Duke Johnson. Yeah, I think that uh, the organization wants Chubb to work out. I'll go in your situation. I will I'll take Chubb. If I have to. You no choice. Okay. I'll go Chubb. That being said, Hyde would certainly go soon after, and I don't want either one of them. I would rather have Duke Johnson later than either one of these guys because I think his role is more defined. I, I think I might even want if I have to pick between all three of them. I still might even take Duke Johnson. Where yeah, he he'll be third in carries, but I feel pretty good he'll be first in targets, and I feel pretty good I know what his role is compared to these other two. Like I said, there's something to be said for clarity. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's, like, it's how I like to go into a draft. I like to know what a guy's going to do. And with Duke Johnson, you know what he's going to do. He's going to be, they just signed to a four-year contract. So he's part of the offense. They know what they're going to use him for. Third down, catch the ball to the backfield. And he's a guy you can use in your flex. You know, you really don't want him as a second running back. But a flex reserve type, I can live with that. Rather than a chub or a hide, which you don't know week to week. You're almost forced to grab both. So you have one. And I hate doing that. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. The thing is, the the offense should be much improved. And the offensive line is all right. They did lose Joe Thomas. Patino looks like he's going to head over to left tackle. Uh, overall, though, it should be a top. It's still a top half of the league offensive line, no matter what. Uh, and probably even higher by anywhere you see them ranked. I'm, I'm being uh, on the conservative side for that. They're, they're top half of the league offensive line. And it's not like they're going to be able to stack the box against any of the running backs that they see. And Tyrod Taylor is comparable in what we mentioned with Lamar and Sean Watson. And uh, you do have to count for 11 in the running game. So that's what makes it really annoying, uh, for lack of a better term, is you know if there was just one of them here, we might be looking at an RB2. But now, because it is so cloudy, they're fringe RB3s where, and nobody really wants a hand in any of them. And I think that's what's difficult. I said I think I might pick Carlos Hyde because of where they're going. If it's going to be my RB3, I might need to play him. So I, I, And if I need to play him early, then I'd rather have the guy I feel better about Hyde to start. But if you can get some value on Chubb, he would be the favorite to end up the guy by season's end. But I wouldn't even guarantee that that ends up being... The case, they didn't sign Hyde to some one-year deal. So that's, it is, can I, I think I would probably say it's even murkier than what you have in Detroit. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. I think Detroit may be the, the most murkiest uh, situation in all of football because you could literally make, make an argument that all four guys have different roles. <laughs> uh and then Cleveland is just Chubb and Hyde. Which one are you going to choose? Chubb, Hyde, Chubb, Hyde. You know, an injury would be nice, right? Solve that problem for us. Uh, it's a situation I'm going to avoid. Oh, come on. Like everybody's not thinking it. Uh, I, just, I just say what, the, what everyone's afraid to say here. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking a debilitating injury, but maybe a nice uh, one that clarifies things for us. Hell, even a small injury could, uh, you know, if, he's out, if one of these guys is out a month, odds are the other one will take the job and run with it. Mm. You mentioned the offensive line is. I, I, you said a top eight. I'll get a top ten. Yeah, you know, so it's good. Uh, should be running room there. The passing game for the first time in forever is legitimate. I mean, it is legitimate. So once again, you're not going to see a lot of eight men in the box there. It's a shame because you know, Kev, if if, they, if one of the other wasn't there, 
man, we'd be talking about one of these guys, not a running back one, but probably running uh, top running back two, mm-hmm. you know, top 15 guy there, if it was just Hyde alone or just Chubb alone there. Uh, except, uh, Duke Johnson doesn't, doesn't bother me. A lot of teams have this kind of guy, pass catching back. Doesn't bother me. Chubb or Hyde will still be a touchdown guy, which is really all that's all. Really, it's all that's important, you know, or at least the main part of what's important there. So uh, it's it's the unclarity that, that'll keep me away. Yeah. You know, I, I had a, there's somebody posed this question to me about these two actually. So it's funny this uh, that it should come up. They asked this: You're at the turn, you know. Let's say round eight. I don't think he said around, but he said later in your draft you're at the. I'll say round eight just for uh, for giggles here. You're at the. You have two picks in a row. They're both there. Is that a situation where you would take them? You know, end of round eight and top round nine, take Chubb and Hyde. Would you all go? Would that? Would you feel better about taking both go, both those guys then, or are you of the the mind like I am? Great, I got both. I still have to figure out which one to start each week. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one. It's one of those situations though, where if you had both, um, as long as one pulls away, that's kind of if you have both. The weight will be will will be frustrating, but as long as one pulls away, then it'll be worth it. Like, the thing though that I I said to Micah, and I'll pull it to you: Are you sure that one of these guys pulls away? Like I'm not gonna guarantee you that a Hugh Jackson does anything. So it wouldn't shock me if if this team runs the ball, let's just say thirty times a game, and if it's 14 for Hyde and 12 for Chubb and two for, or whatever the leftover is there, four uh, for Duke Johnson. And that's just how they go about it. I can't rule that out. And that's where even that becomes frustrating is I don't really, I have no idea which one's going to pull away. I can't guarantee one of them does, barring an injury. And then that's just a complete guessing game. Hyde's been banged up before. Uh, we know Chubb had that horrific injury back at his time at Georgia. Um, so there, there's nothing to even really give you the, the inside edge on that, I feel. No, you can go back and forth on both. Now, I mentioned earlier, you would think the coaching staff, because they uh, selected Chubb, wants him to uh, be the man. But you can also make the argument, well, you know what? Hines probably won and done. Let's use him. Mm. You know, like like Levin Bell's gonna get nine thousand carries with Pittsburgh because he's gone next year. They don't care if he wears down. Same thing with Hyde here. Let's give him a whole bunch of carries because he's gonna be gone anyway. So you can see that working out there as well. So that actually you could talk yourself into almost anything here, which is why I'm avoiding it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's see if we can find a little bit more clarity then um, with this wide receiver. That's just a lie. That's just not gonna. It's simply not gonna happen. Their, their top wide receiver is currently MIA, uh, if I'm not mistaken, unless he came back. But I know he was MIA at one point. Uh, and Josh Gordon. He's MIA. Still MIA. Milk carton. And look, Josh Gordon is one, of the, is one of the, in all of my years of playing fantasy football, which is not that many, uh, especially relative to the people who, I, who I'm doing shows with. But few have been more captivating than Josh Gordon. When the Browns were horrible, he managed to lead the league in receiving yards and was fantastic. And then he just went away for a long time and was still getting drafted because people had high expectations. Then he finally comes back next year. It actually wasn't that bad. And he still looked like one of the best athletes on the field despite missing a lot of time. A lot of time. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about weeks. I'm talking about years. 
And now we've got an MIA Josh Gordon. But if he's there, I don't even know what to say. Let's just, all right, Josh Gordon, 16 games. He's currently going as a wide receiver, too. Are you are you good with taking him as one of the, what is he right now? He's currently going as the 22nd wide receiver off the board with Juju, all, all those guys before that we've mentioned with Juju in front of them. Juju, Tate, Cooks, Allen Robinson. If I If I just give you... I can't even guarantee that. Where, where are you at with Josh Gordon? I don't even know how to pose the question. He's so confusing to me, George. Not confusing to me. I'm not taking him. Ooh. I mean, uh, I don't deal with players like this. It's just, it's not worth it. I mean, <clears throat> he picked an awfully strange time to leave the, the Cleveland Browns when training camp was opening up. Because that's the time where you'll be around the team. They'll be monitoring you. You're safe. You know, the team pretty much controls you 24-7 at this point. Yeah, it's uh, usually before that where everybody worries when the players are on their own, where they might get in trouble because of what they're doing. It's not in training camp. Once in training camp, generally things are fine. Yet this is when he picked. Now, everyone says he hasn't failed a test. Well, something happened. I don't know what it was, but something happened, you know, for him to leave now. So, I mean, it raises all sorts of red flags. I mean, I truly hope that for the man that he's, uh, you know, this is the best thing for his, that he needed to go, needed to get away, something was tempted, whatever it might be. That is the best case scenario. I'm sure he's in a treatment center. That's why I have to assume he is. You know, uh, but for me to assume that he's going to come back at the missing, I, I would assume all training camp or good, a uh, good damn part of it. But geez, he's had no work with Tyrod Taylor, no work with Baker Mayfield. They, now he's going to come back. I understand he's a freak athlete, but he's going to come back and be great to be a wide receiver too, fantasy wise. No, no. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to say I'm already a conservative fantasy drafter. There's no way. I'm spending a fourth, fifth-round pick on, on Josh Gordon. No way. This guy's not even in camp. I mean, uh, you're kidding yourself. You don't know when. No one knows. Clearly doesn't know when he'll return. They had to come up with a statement. I think it was yesterday. might have been Friday. That said, uh, we know he'll be with us at some time this season. Not sometime this month. Mm. Sometime this season. I, I mean, I, I think you're kidding yourself. Yes, he could come back in two weeks and uh, play the last couple of preseason games, look great, and have a monster season. Sure. You know, I can win the lottery uh, this weekend, too. But, you know, I didn't play, so I'm not counting on it. You know, it's just that I don't take these kinds of chances. Not with uh, expensive draft capital. If we're talking, it's not round four or five, he's going around 10 or 11, this is a completely different story. And once again, you're up in the, uh, close to the lottery pick category, but at least you're close to the part where you're not counting on him to start anyway. You know, if you're in that position in your draft where you already got all your starters, all your flex spots filled, and now he's a depth guy, a reserve bench guy, Fine. You know, obviously, with later in the draft, you can get him the better chances. And I feel more comfortable with that. But once again, <laughs> I think Ben spots are so valuable that I don't waste them on guys who I, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I, I mentioned dartboard throws. At least those dartboard throws are on the field. Mm. There's a chance. Right now, Gordon's not on the field. We just don't know. No one knows. You know, outside of probably Josh Gordon, maybe the upper ends in Cleveland and the NFL offices. No one knows. So, no, I won't be. I, I, listen, I think drafting was an. Uh, uh, you know, I receive a two in fantasy right now is a lot of hope, you know, in prayer. And I'm not big on either one. Josh Gordon's absence led to a following event, a report. Now, it hasn't had much traction, but it was something that gave me pause on his situation and has other questions to follow. We will ask and answer those when we come back here to close out the fantasy football frenzy next here. The Fantasy Sports.
Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Back here to close it out on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, or the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. So go to mybookie.ag and enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up. Million a million dollars. You never know what happens. And choose your matchups using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. Promo code FNTSY. So, George, as we headed to break, uh, the. The event or the story that coincided with Josh Gordon's departure was then the immediate report that the Browns were interested in Des Bryant. And that made me worried about what that meant for Gordon. The fact that it was not as, oh, he's taking a little bit of a leave. Uh, He'll be back, no worries. There's enough receivers in camp to where you don't need to bring in someone of Des Bryant's caliber to hold down a spot while Josh Gordon takes a, uh, a two-week breather. That, to me, made it feel substantial and very noteworthy. Now, the Dez stuff has faded a little bit. Maybe some by Dez's own doing with some of the Twitter stuff uh, and what have you. But let me ask you a, a two-part question. Did you at all read into um, the Dez Bryant report? And how would you feel about a Dez Bryant fit in Cleveland? You know, like you, it raised some red flags, right? Gordon's gone. We want Dez. All right. So that's strange. I wonder if Dez's uh, little t- uh, Twitter t- uh, argument with the Cowboys last week sort of uh, killed those talks because we heard that you know, he'd have a meeting on Monday, maybe even over the weekend, last weekend. You know, and then neither one happened. Yeah, and this is right after his little Twitter thing because uh, as that little promo uh, everybody hears, uh, Dez's reputation is as someone who has a locker room problem, and then he does that. Yeah, where he uh, pretty much uh, tells locker room secrets and blows up at his former team. Not smart on his part. Like I said, uh, I I truly believe his agent had to be like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? You know, not the greatest timing on his part in the world. Um, And I agree with you. Really, is he he even matching uh, in Cleveland? Uh, Unless unless they're lying and Gordon is out for the season, Gordon will be back. You have Jarvis Landry and you have Corey Coleman, who's fine. You have the good tight end, uh, the Joku. You don't need Dez. 
You know, something for a young team, I'm not sure you want him there if you believe that he's a problem. And I, I think some of these problems are overblown. And I'll say it again. What Dez said on Twitter in his, his little rants, he's not wrong on all of it. Some of it, yes, but not all of it. You know, he, he did have some points. That being said, he probably should have found a different way to, uh, to come about them. Uh, so, but yes, uh, it did raise some flags. Once again, if Gordon's back, there's certainly no room for Dez. And I'm, I'm sure, well, Dez even want to go there. Gordon, Landry, Coleman, where are my targets? You know, where, who am I playing ahead of Coleman? I mean, you know, even so, Gordon's one. Actually, Landry be one. Gordon's two. I mean, where am I on the pecking order here? So I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's where Dez wants, because Dez wants a pretty much a make-good contract, which means he wants to go to a team, have a big season, and get a big contract next year. And I don't think Cleveland would be the right uh, situation for him. I mean, to, to sidetrack us a bit with the Des Bryant stuff, were you surprised at all to see Eric Decker get the call from New England and, and not Des Bryant? Again, like, I, I think maybe they just know what Des ask, uh, the asking price that Des is going to put out there is, and, they, and they're never going to come to terms on it. Uh, but for there to be no connection, it's just you go through the league. It's really hard to find a, a spot for Des, I think. You know, I did, it did dawn on me. Hey, you know, wow, he could fit in New England, right? There, they've minus Brandon Cooks, no Edelman for four games here. Uh, playing for Belichick, maybe we'll straighten him out. Mm-hmm. But you know, one thing you also have to remember: guess who traded? Pretty much traded Des Bryant hmm. to the Cowboys. That was the New England Patriots in the draft. Oh. Uh, they, I've, offhand, I believe they had the twenty-fourth pick. Uh, Baltimore had the twenty-fifth pick. Dallas the twenty-sixth pick. Something like that. And they didn't. They, they. I guess they didn't want Des. So that that's the point here. They didn't. They they passed on Des, and they could have used him, but they didn't want Baltimore again. This is when Baltimore was a good team. Mm-hmm. You know, Baltimore was de- has always been desperate for a wide receiver, and they traded that pick to the Cowboys so that the Cowboys could pick Des. So not only did they keep away from Baltimore, they got him out of the conference. So that that might have told me all you needed to know about how Belichick feels about him. You know that he just doesn't want to deal with these kinds of problems. Uh, Belichick has ironed out problems in the past with players. But we haven't even heard one, I mean, one sniff that the Patriots are interested in this. Mm-hmm. Instead, you mentioned it. They go for Eric Decker, uh, who is what he is at this point, a professional wide receiver, sure, but someone who's certainly on the downside of his career. But they also may feel at this point Decker has a better chance of learning the offense in the next month than Dez does. And that could be a part of it, too. One thing Dez, yeah, he's never been the greatest route runner on the planet. You know, he is what he is, a guy who's uh, lost a step, step and a half due to injuries, He's a jump ball guy. He has incredible skills when the ball's in the air, but you're going to have to be willing to throw those 50-50 balls, and that was the biggest problem in Dallas. Tony Romo was willing to throw those 50-50 balls. Dak Prescott is not. What about the Saints? I'm really just looking through every single team name because I think not only do you need to find a situation where you know it makes sense in terms of what the depth chart looks like wide receiver-wise, but you need to have some type of veteran presence preferably at the quarterback position um like i like our like i think maybe arizona could make some sense they need some wide receiver help uh but uh, listen i'm not putting sam bradford or josh rosen through that i'm not doing it i think larry fitz could reel him in but it's a, a first year head coach no 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 thank you peyton breeze they should have a i mean they have a control of what goes on there in new orleans in terms of uh, that locker room and they should make sure that he wouldn't get out of Hand, would you, how would you feel about that fit? I don't think any top team is going to go for him just because of the chance, unless they're desperate. Uh, mm-hmm. If an injury happens, you can't. This changes everything. But I don't think any top team will go for him because they're not going to want to risk the chance that he is 
the problem that's been made out to be. Whether or not it's true, it doesn't matter. You know, people forget that. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's only about perception. And if they think he might be, I don't know if they're going to go for it. You know, I don't know if uh, Peyton wants to deal with that. I don't know if Drew Brees wants to deal with that. And they don't need it right now. You got Michael Thomas. Cam Meredith, I think, is a, a very big sleeper this season. People are sort of sleeping on. Huh. Uh, and I, Although they, I think they could use somebody, I don't think it'll be someone like that, not unless an injury happens. So I... I it's funny. I don't think he's going to go to a very good team, and I don't think he's going to go to a very bad team. <laughs> I think he needs that team in the middle. Uh, that's that's what I think. I think he needs a team that's on the playoff hunt and needs that extra push and needs a wide receiver. It's a lot to ask for, but I think that's the kind of team he's going to have to go for. That that middling team, you know, uh, not one, but not one of the big guys. You know, who, not unless an injury happens. You know who I do? I'm 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 really not joking. I feel like fits that description perfectly. You can probably tell by how I'm saying. I really think it's Dallas. Like, that's, to me, maybe the funniest part about this whole thing is, like, they they are on the cusp, but not necessarily there. They need wide receiver help. But, I mean, that's just where he came from. He's not going back to Dallas. I just, it's just, I guess, that's just how it's going to go for Dez. I don't, I agree with everything you're saying there. The the top teams, there's no reason to add a guy who could be an issue there. Like, I remember, uh, I think we were on the air when Antonio Brown tweeted at Des Bryant to come to Pittsburgh. And if I'm Big Ben, I'm like, please don't you dare do that to me. No, 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 I'm fine. They also don't need him, right? So that doesn't make sense for a Pittsburgh. And, and, and why, would, why would you let him come in if you're the New York Jets? Why would you let him mess with Sam Darnold? Why would you do that if you're the Buffalo Bills and have him interfere with McCarron or Josh Allen? That doesn't seem like a plus. Like, so I agree with you. I, I don't know what the sweet spot team is that needs wide receiver help that's going to pay him what he wants. It just might not exist. But I'll say this. If Dez ends up taking off a year of football, that could be his career. Oh, I agree. I don't think he's uh, – most players can't take a year off and come back. It just doesn't work out that way, not unless you're working out with a team and he's not. And you're right. There is no – you know, wow, this is an easy match. He should be on this team. There is no match there. It's not. It's just not there. Uh, and it's. I do think he'll hook up with the team because there'll be an injury in August. All right, or some team that'll. Uh, if, they, if he and the team are playing chicken, you know, some team will bite. Baltimore did offer him a three-year contract. Yeah. You know, and he turned it down. You know, and that may end up being a huge mistake. You know, he maybe he should have taken that deal. Uh, but he wanted a one-year make good deal, not a three-year uh, okay deal. Uh, probably short-sighted thinking at this point. I think it was also. Ego playing a part there. We all get a job, no doubt. You're absolutely right. The team that needs him is the Cowboys. And the Cowboys wide receiver, of course, is a joke. Uh, but, hey, that's not happening. The, the, uh, one of the big reasons Dallas got rid of him was because of his relationship with Dak Prescott. It wasn't yeah. there. You know, uh, I mean, Dez seems to be one of those guys who can't get over the fact that Romo's no longer there. Because Romo trusted Dez. And he would throw up those 50-50 balls. And, you know, generally you're coached not to do that. You know, Romo just took those chances. He was the veteran, put you know, put his players in the best positions. Dak isn't there yet, and Dak's coached not to do that. And this is not a knock on Dak because you are coached. Hey, the guy's not open. Don't throw the ball. You know, uh, Romo, I think, understood, though, sometimes, you know, Dez isn't going to be open by yards. He doesn't have that kind of speed anymore. He's, you know, he's going to, when he, if he's even, that might be open. You know, you got to throw it up there and trust Dez to either catch the ball or knock it down. You know, and, uh, but I think you're right. I think Dallas is the, uh, the place for him, but that's that's not happening, especially after what happened last week with the Twitter tirade. You know, he pretty much what crushed uh, Sean Lee, Travis Frederick, Stephen Jones. So uh, that that's never happening again. But uh, to me, your point, he has to sign with somebody, and he does. And 
I'm surprised. If you would have uh, asked me two months ago, uh, would he be signed by August 5th? I was, oh, absolutely. He'll be with somebody for, before training camp starts. And the fact that camp has started and he's still not with the team is a, it's a, it's a surprise. I wonder who ends up on a team first, him or DeMarco Murray. And I know DeMarco said he retired, but I don't know if I believe it entirely. Um, I, I mean, he, I saw him do one. Interesting. Interview. I saw him, I saw him do one interview where he was like, no, like this was my goal to play. Um, however many years it's been, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. You were, were talking to teams. Like, you would have then retired on your own accord. Like that doesn't make any sense. The difference is, DeMarco Murray will get phone calls. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Right, as soon as running backs go down, DeMarco Murray's getting a phone mm-hmm. call. Can he still say no? That's you know, hey, you don't, you don't have to go show up for training camp. You just show up now. Uh, you know, we're playing next week. You know, you, uh, you got two weeks to get in shape here. We got a bye. Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we only have 10 games left in the season. Short season, make a couple of million dollars. You know, that, that's, that's a pretty strong selling point, assuming he stays in shape. You that's, know, I, I assume he will, which tells you something, by the way, because if he's still working out hard, then he thinks there's a chance, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. If he's just let himself go, going to McDonald's every day, you know, hitting some ice cream at night, hitting the KFC, oh, well, then, you know, he's given up. Then he is retired. And I don't blame him for that, by the way. That's fine. You know, well, listen, running back, you take a pounding. But I don't think we'll truly know until that far, until, you, A, if you, uh, you have to be hanging out with DeMarcus, see if he's in shape, and B, can he say no? Can he say no to, you know, the New England Patriots? If they were to call now because Sonny Michelle just had surgery, can he say no to Bill Belichick? Say no to that, that team that could win. A Super Bowl trophy. You know, that's, that's, that's the tough part. You know, it'll be easy to say no to, I don't know, uh, the Buffalo Bills. You know, uh, McCoy does get suspended for the year. Whatever, he's in jail. He's throwing, the key's thrown away. The Bills go, oh, forget it. They're 2-12. and 12. They're a 2-14 and 14 team. I don't care. But can he say no to a good team? You know, Le'Veon Bell gets hurt. Pittsburgh comes calling. Yeah. You know, can, he, can he say no to that? I drafted. Are you for Le'Veon Bell? I, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like, you said yeah. I, I I'm saying in turn that may I, I guarantee you he takes that <laughs> he takes that if that happened because we've seen I mean D'Angelo Williams was like the best running back in football when Lev Bell went down and if they called Demarco right. I I think that he would end up coming off coming off I don't buy that he's that he's done I drafted him in Scott Fishbolt my last pick just in case just in case no. I don't think he's done either so he, two years ago he was a good running back last year he was hurt. You know, he got banged up last year. I think he, I think he has something left in the tank, too. So unless, unless he's one of these guys that, you know what, body's taking a beating, yeah. I want to make sure the rest of my life is uh, lived healthily. And I, gonna, I don't blame these guys at all for this. Mm-hmm. Football, brutal sport. Unless he's one of those guys. But you brought up the point. He didn't retire until really nobody came calling. Mm-hmm. You know, so he didn't retire on his own terms. It wasn't like he retired, you know, January 3rd, whenever the, the season ended last year. And so that's it, done, going home. You know, he retired because well, he didn't get the or he didn't get the calls he wanted. Right. So uh, it'd be interesting. Like I said, top running Los, An- Los Angeles Rams. Gurley goes down, they come calling. Be interesting mm-hmm. what he does if that situation happens. Totally agree. I- I'm going to circle back a little bit to the Cleveland Browns. Jarvis Landry, the 23rd wide receiver off the board uh, in PPR formats last year, had 160 targets, about 112 of them. But he managed to average 8.8 yards per carry, which, for those who don't know, is horrible. Uh, Jarvis, right in front of him, ironically enough, is Josh Gordon, who I know you would take Jarvis uh, in front of. How do you feel about Jarvis as a wide receiver, too? Are you you in on that price? Well, everything's coming down this year. He's not going to have 160 targets. All right. Uh, you mentioned his, his uh, yak is, is nothing. He never has been. He did catch some touchdowns last year. That's good. None of that means anything. He's on a new team. Uh, 
I'm going to get nervous because when is Baker Mayfield taking over? You know, I don't trust he, anything Hugh Jackson says. All right, so I, you know, all Taylor's going to start all year. Baker's going to sit, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, if you're, you know, two and four, two and six, all oh, that's going to change. Media gets on you, fans get on you, they want to see the shiny new toy. All right, so uh, I don't trust that. And once that happens, yeah, I know uh, what I like to say about uh, young quarterbacks is they like the uh, the big target over the middle, the tight end. Well, Landry is also plays close to the line, line of scrimmage, right? He runs around all those little short little slant patterns, so he could be a help there too. But still, I mean, he's not going to catch the touchdowns. He's not going to get the yak. So I'm really preying on the receptions from a rookie quarterback or even Tyrod Taylor who really has never made any of his receivers look better. So I'm going to have a hard time here unless it's a low-end wide receiver too. You're talking about 20 to 24 range. It's it's not him. Once again, it's the situation. If he remained in Miami, and I don't even like Tannehill, mm-hmm. but if he remained in Miami with Tannehill, I'd feel much better. I, I agree. I, I think, though, the one thing is I went through it with Mike. If the numbers end up at 85 yards, I'm sorry, 85 catches, say he averages 10 yards per catch, 850 yards, uh, and goes back to, say, six touchdowns, it'll put him at 206 points in a PPR for the year. Uh, which puts him, I think it, Mike said it was like the 15th or 16th wide receiver. I think that's very possible for, for Jarvis to find himself um, in that spot. George, we're up against the clock here. Any other guy that maybe I missed that you wanted to mention from that AFC North? For the AFC North, like I said, I don't think it's a very sexy division uh, outside of Pittsburgh. You know, it's a division where if there was one division I could say I'm staying away from, it would be this division. Uh, Njoku. I know we mentioned him a couple of times. He's a, a tight end for me that if everything goes wrong, I end up putting him at tight end one. I don't truly mind. Joko Kittle could be uh, the sleeper tight end. I know they're really not sleepers anymore. We're all talking about these guys. Mm-hmm. But low-end tight end ones, uh, I know Njoku's having a tough camp, dropping a lot of passes. It's early. I hope things uh, figure out, but he's someone I'm watching. All right, that is going to do it for us here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy. That is George Kurtz. Thank you to Sean Angle downstairs. I am Kevin Walsh. We appreciate you for joining us here on this lovely Sunday. Keep it here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more. See you next week.